0: Hey guys welcome to the no season two podcast once again george and megan we're here discussing the forgotten tv show from the 1994 and 95 my so-called life we are up to episode six the substitute the original air date september 29th 1994 a lot to unpack with this episode before we get into that megan how are you doing I'm doing
1: good you know <laughs> the the sunday scaries as they as they call them when you Dreading going back to work on Monday, but couldn't be any worse than last week. How are you doing?
0: I'm doing good. It's like, as as you know, I don't know if the listeners know, yet, but uh, I'm a bartender by trade, so the Mondays is not a thing for me because I'm usually, lucky. Yeah, I, I dread I dread the Fridays. You have the, the Friday scares.
1: The, <laughs> <laughs> the weekend scares.
0: I dread the weekend. Like, I'm just like, please don't make me do this. I'm like sitting in the shower, naked in the corner, just like, please don't make me do this because I'll make me do this. And then I have to figure it out. Uh, I had a very non-descript weekend. I finally put in the AC unit mm-hmm.
1: uh,
0: in the front room, which is fine, but I don't know where to put the plants. So like, the list, I mean, nobody can see this, but like, I'm basically just sitting in the jungle because yeah. <laughs> <Like, laughs> I have no other place to put these plants. So I need to redo this situation yeah. here. This is real we weird. We don't have any plants. You don't have any plants. No. So pri- I've got like 15 of them, but they're all in the same spot. And with the AC units in one of the windows, I gotta put them all in the same spot. Yeah. Like you can kind of see in the zoom that like there's there's a ton, like right, like there's one right here.
1: <laughs> you <have a> desk <laughs> plant.
0: <laughs> on the desk. <laughs> that plant's massive. So I need not figure out what to do with these plants. Even Gladys, my cat's so like you gotta get rid of these fucking
1: plants. <laughs> Curb her style.
0: Yeah, no, she likes to like get in mm-hmm. them and like kind of hide. So Megan, let's get into it. Episode six to substitute. Yes. Again, at the top, I said a lot to unpack. So Megan, do the honors of giving us the, the recap. Last
1: week, I had a prediction that this episode is going to be with a substitute teacher who's kind of pervy and tries to like get with students. Mm-hmm. I was wrong. I'm willing to admit when I'm wrong. Okay. Miss um, Mayhew, the English teacher and the yearbook advisor, I think is still MIA from <laughs> Liberty High School. Has anyone like sent out a search party for her yet?
0: No, <laughs> I, I think it's weird that nobody is of like this teacher has not been at work for three weeks. <laughs> like so. someone
1: check her apartment. Yeah, I no, it's like... In a sort of dead poet society turn of events, um, a substitute yes. fills her place in Angela's English class. Mr. Vic Racine, who is played by Roger Reese, who, funnily enough, before I watched this episode yesterday, I was watching Robin Hood Men in Tights because it was... Oh, the
0: sheriff of Roddingham. Uh, yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> it was on HBO, and I when it's on, I watch it. Mr. Racine is cool, mysterious, wears two different colored socks, mildly foreign, I would say, the actor as well. Welsh, but his accent in this episode is, where is he from? Who is he?
0: I did a deep dive on uh, Roger Rees. Before he died, he left us in 2015. He lived in America for like 25 years. Little
1: remnants of his Welsh accent right. there. He turns the English class into a place for self-expression and bad poetry. <laughs> Not a lot of good poetry happening in this classroom. Things sort of hit a speed bump when a racy poem is published in the Liberty Lit. Um, it's entitled Haiku for Him. Liberty Lit is the school's literary magazine. Unfortunately, Principal Foster gets his hands on a copy of this. Why they thought that he wasn't going to get a copy of this is kind of beyond me, but he reads it and deems it inappropriate and bans the magazine from being distributed. Mr. Racine quits. He's not fired. Let's set the story straight. He quits because he was presented with a subpoena from his ex-wife for failure to pay child support, which is a little bit of a shame because he is basically the only person so far in this entire school town state that has discovered that Jordan Catalano cannot read. Angela, she finds out this information from her parents because her dad went to the principal to kind of, I guess, back up Mr. Racine. But then he finds out that Mr. Racine's a little bit of a deadbeat dad. And they tell Angela she goes to Mr. Racine's apartment and confronts him as he's leaving. And he calls her Amanda because he doesn't know her name, which is, I think, clicks for her that he is not really the person that, that she thought that he was. She originally thought that he, he was an adult that she could look up to. Not really the case anymore. In the end, Angela ends up making copies of the literary magazine on her own. Well, on the school's copier and starts handing them out. Ends up in the principal's office. They call her parents. She almost gets suspended, but the principal doesn't suspend her because he's like, Mr. Racine was a bad influence. This isn't your fault. Angela wanted to prove something to others and I think to herself and she couldn't even she couldn't even get in trouble for it we end with a voiceover of her reading the gingerbread house poem that she had written in class so like you said a lot to unpack
0: my first question to you and I've got a lot of questions for you but my first question to you is this a good episode
1: is this a good episode um Well, yes and no. Okay. (laughs) Yes and no. First of all, I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but I have literally never experienced a substitute teacher coming in and changing my life.
0: I don't know if I've ever had a teacher. Yeah. Like, I was the Jordan Catalano of school. I was like,
1: sure. It was a very, I mean, we have, you know, Dead Poets Society. We have Dangerous Minds. We even have 90210, like a, a teacher that comes mm-hmm. in and change, changes lives. I would like to meet the person where this like substitute has come in and they have a whole new worldview after having this substitute.
0: Right. Even even Patty says it's like substitute teachers are supposed to have unpro- unpronounceable names and bad haircuts.
1: It's a good episode. So in the sense that I think Roger Reese is good in the role. He's acting his <clears throat> heart out in this role. <clears throat> uh, it's a little like tropey and sure. predictable a little bit.
0: <laughs> when I first watched it. And this is weird because I usually watch the episode on Fridays and I watch it again on Sundays mm-hmm. when we record. This one I actually watched yesterday and then watch it again an hour ago. I liked it. I liked it more the mm-hmm. second time because at first viewing, I was kind of like, meh. Uh, uh, even like the, the parents say this or she says to her parents, it's like, this isn't a war process yeah. or civil rights. <laughs> this, this is all, is all I, I got. got.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and she couldn't even she couldn't even be really like arrested peacefully protesting. Which is Correct, yes. I think what she wanted in a sense. Because there's a part where she compares not being able to Well, I think she got this from Mr. Racine, not being able to distribute the literary magazine in school was the same as Nazis burning books. Which, which oh, yeah, is like no, not, mean, like, I, not really that comparable Like your principal not yeah. letting you run Objectively a bad poem But also like a racy poem Is not fascism at its finest, right?
0: Yeah, no, I mean like I, I think I get, did like a full body yes. eye roll Like along with the parents Like for the, for the one I watched the show I was I said with
1: the parents i like, all bad in this episode <laughs>
0: there is a grand moment at the end and we'll get to that i want to i want to start with this one thing because the show starts off with this and we usually save our segments at the end but i mean so far the six episodes this has got to be a top five needle drop the, the episode up is with Is what about your friends which is like an incredible so good. incredible when it started an episode. So I did a little deep dive on the What About Your Friends. Uh, it's the third single release off of TLC's Ooh on the TLC tip. The third single that was in the top 10, released in August of 92. And uh, as of 2011, that album has sold 6 million copies. So shout out to TLC. Great album. In fact, I, I bought, bought it on cassette about 20 minutes ago, right before we, right before we jumped on this uh, this. Call. I don't know
1: if you had this where you lived growing up, but late at night, there was a thing called The Box that would run on TV. And <laughs> you oh, could sure. call in a request videos to be played and that was like a popular video being requested a lot
0: yeah what about your friends to open up the episode i was like oh my god i was like i was like have you ever been
1: in a classroom where that's going on where like a teacher's not there you're waiting for the teacher i think somebody's playing a boombox
0: it's full chaos like no i've never had that happen that (laughs) was that was complete utter nonsense i was like that doesn't
1: make anything that's like the thing Right. I mean, I'm pretty sure it happened in Dangerous Minds. I'm pretty sure the movie, The Substitute, they all got like a base storyline. They just, they just yeah, built they of it. No offense to the writers on this.
0: So aside from uh, Roger Reese, we had another a, a cast member who had some face time, and that's uh, Melinda Williams, who plays Yvette. Didn't have like a huge career, but did def- definitely had a career. She's in High School High, Under Shepard, and uh, First Sunday. She's a lot of like black themed shows and black themed movies. Uh, some Tyler Perry stuff. She looks great. I don't know how she old is, how old she is in that show, but like uh, probably in her early twenties. But yeah, no, she's uh, she has a, she does have a career afterwards. It's not like a huge career, but if you watch some of these BET movies and BET shows, you you know know. know who melinda williams is so shout out to her um uh, i have a question for you like i've got a lot of notes here is angela's story good a fable Uh,
1: (laughs) 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 i mean it's not like i was writing great things in like high school but uh, (laughs) c plus for that
0: (laughs) all right so on the other side of that is sharon's
1: even worse honestly even worse (laughs) Oh man. I
0: don't know.
1: I don't know. I mean, this is coming from like a person that wrote fanfic when they were like twelve and thirteen. I know bad when I when I see it. And that that poem was not great.
0: It was fine. I I wasn't like I wasn't moved.
1: I wasn't moved with the fable and I wasn't really that moved with Haiku for him,
0: right, right, right. Yeah, no, I was. Which, kind as of like, pointed
1: out by um, Mr. Racine, was not actually in a, a haiku.
0: Correct. I'm going to go to a specific scene in the show, which I thought was was actually quite good, and I just titled it in my notes: "Vic versus Patty." When Mr. Racine meets Patty in the classroom, so for our listeners' enjoyment, Megan and myself are going to reenact that thing.
1: I'll be playing Patty. <laughs>
0: I'm going to be playing Vic as well as I possibly can without laughing, but I'm going to be <laughs> playing Vic.
1: And here we go. Mr. Racine, we spoke earlier. I'm Angela's mother.
0: Ah, yeah. Yeah. Hi. Hi. Yeah. I, uh, met your, um, husband the other day.
1: Right. Um, what I wanted to talk about was, um,
0: he's a lucky man.
1: <laughs> thank you. um, My husband and I read the stuff that the kids wrote.
0: I hope it didn't give him a heart attack. Well... Only, you know, he seems a little fragile.
1: Actually, it wasn't my husband who had the problem. Really? I just think that there's this one piece in particular that I I just don't feel comfortable printing.
0: Oh, uh, you're afraid that uh, Angela wrote it?
1: This has nothing to do with whether Angela wrote it.
0: So this is just censorship for censorship's sake. What? Okay, hand them over. No, I'll um, type them myself and I'll have them um,
1: Xerox. These are children. We are adults. This is not censorship. This is guiding adolescents who need guidance.
0: Yeah, that was a very reasonable opinion and very clearly stated. Unfortunately, it's total manure. Excuse me? It's horse manure. I sense you're angry. Are you angry? Yes. Yeah, I sense that.
1: Why is it manure?
0: Good question. It is manure because this channel should be about giving students a voice. Is that about having their thoughts edited? If these kids aren't afraid of putting their hearts on the page, why should we be afraid of them?
1: You should really teach full-time.
0: You have a difference of opinion. Fine, but you think you should be in the position of deciding because you have a printing press and I don't?
1: You expect me to answer that question? Yes. No, I don't.
0: Neither do I.
1: So, did Angela write it?
0: Vic leaves without answering.
1: And that was the me. Megan and George in Summer scene! <laughs> I
0: think we should be active full-time, just reading that scene yes. over and over.
1: Maybe I can get. A, maybe I can play a corpse on Law and Order as <laughs> I won't be a scab.
0: I want to play, if I was ever in an episode of Law and Order, I want to be the dude that's like, Yeah, I think I saw her. Um, That person who says that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I think I saw her. And then go into a very long and elaborate story about
0: (laughs) how you saw them. Yeah.
1: I love that scene.
0: That is is one of uh, my favorite scenes ever. Uh, Not ever, but like uh, in my so called life, it's really funny.
1: She kind of worked herself into a shoot. She she really did. And then Vic drops an
0: elbow, only, you know, he seems a little.
1: Which, Fragile. not wrong. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> so not wrong. Very perceptive um, of Mr. Racine.
0: Incredible, incredible minute. That, that I was, was
1: probably I was like, Holy the best shit. scene of the episode.
0: Totally. Like, I, I when I watched it, I was like, all right, let's do that again. That
1: was awesome. <laughs> I think we have to obviously talk about Jordan okay so I have to disagree with one thing Mr. Racine said about Jordan which was that's a smart kid right there and it's like mm, he's not he's not bright and I'm not no. saying that because he can't read I'm saying that because he's not bright in general well
0: I think usually whenever This has been in years past, like not years past, but this has happened before. Like whenever a student is discovered that they can't read, it's usually because they have some sort of role to play Mm -hmm. at the school. Or whether or not it's a university, whether they're like an athlete that's just incredible at, at, at the sport, that's able to generate money for, there is no reason why he should not be able to read in high school if he's not contributing in some sort of way. And I know that's a little footman, but like that's an odd thing for him not to be able to do and just be short.
1: I have to agree that it's mind blowing that nobody had detected this before. That it took it right. took no, this substitute really coming in and being like this kid barely knows what an adjective is.
0: Yeah, no, I think it's that—that's of plot points or like I guess decisions that the writers were made. I was not a fan of that. I mean, of like maybe a discovery. There is no way he could have gotten that far because he's supposed <laughs> to be two years older than the other. <laughs> yeah, they
1: considered why they're holding him back.
0: Right, right, right. It's like there's no way he could have gotten that far and not been like I don't know the star running back on a football team. That's what usually happens. Yeah, We like get pushed further along because we are able to generate money for the school.
1: He's not. He doesn't seem emotionally smart. <laughs> His EQ is no, no, not no. high. He's, he's, His IQ is apparently not high. I I think it's... In the show, for a way for like Angela and him to connect somehow, but it just seems they could have chose something different.
0: They could have chose something, something else. that
1: didn't seem like glaringly. How the hell did he make it this far <laughs> in high right. school and be held back, and nobody questioned why he was being held back, and just kept shoving him along? And I'm I'm sure it's happened, but it just seems weird.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, like I think from what I remember watching the show 30 years ago, it was like I think it's we're gonna find out that Jordan is just. I think that's the next episode. <laughs> (laughs) Yeah, I think that is the next episode. So I want to discuss one of the things I like that I do is like whenever I watch a TV show in which they say like dates and times and years I want to make sure that they mm-hmm. got it right Angela's like I had her hear all these boring stories about the 60s so like what I did was my thought process was I want to make sure that like the timeline makes sense and it does Angela would have been born in 1979 making her 15 years old mm-hmm. in 1994 her parents seem like people that probably had kids and they're like 29, 30 so in 1960 her parents probably would have been 11 and by 69 they would have been 20 so all that tracks out as far as parents' like, stories about pros Blah, blah, blah. i also have
1: a hard time believing that her parents had stories
0: That's, that was the other thing i was kind <laughs> especially of right. because
1: later in the episode they sit angela down and say you have to pick your battles not everything's worth fighting for you have to compromise which isn't like a very <laughs> progressive viewpoint i guess so it's like we're right were they picking their battles on like civil rights <laughs> yeah, exactly. And like, the war in Vietnam. Like, what were these battles that they were picking? Correct.
0: Because he would have been of age to have served in Vietnam. Was that a battle? It was, like, a, I don't know. It was, but, like, a, it tracks as far as, like, where the ages of uh, the people would, would matter. I'm going to ask you, a, like, a kind of a weird nitpick for me. If And that's just Vic, whatever his name is, Racine, is on the run from the law, basically. If you're on the run from the law in another state, would you have your name... Listed in the phone book. I found that pretty fucking hard to believe when she went to get find I was like, but also, how
1: long has he been there? Like, that the He would book. get his name in the phone book. Cause it uh, doesn't the phone book. We're taking it way back. Does, didn't the phone book only come <laughs> yeah, out yeah. like once a year.
0: I think it's once a year, but why would you have your name listed in the phone book? If you're already on the run from the law.
1: So I think we also need to talk about when we're, we're jumping all over the place, but we need to talk about when Angela goes to talk to Mr. Racine at the, like the end of the episode to confront mm-hmm. him and he says there's there's a couple of truths. There's the truth mm-hmm. that he left his that he left he abandoned his family, he left his wife. Then there's the mm-hmm. other truth that his wife is better off. He escaped, <laughs> he escaped the prison that he built, in the words of Creed, he built his own <laughs> prison. <laughs> he hated being married, he hated being a father, he thought that was a prison that was stifling for him, he bounced. Just because you do that doesn't negate any obligation you have to, like, taking care of your kid by, like, sending money or something. Right. I I don't know. Just because you were having a bad time in your marriage.
0: This is why I thought the episode was, like, a, like it was better the second time because the first time I just focused mm-hmm. on that part. And I was kind of like, ugh.
1: I mean, I focused like, what's, on part the first and the second time I watched it. <laughs> 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 if we're going to, like, flip the roles or something, people would be Way mm-hmm. More upset if a mom abandoned her family because she was like, Right, there's two truths. Yes, I left my husband and my child, and the second truth is that I escaped this prison that I built for myself, which was a, a marriage and family. People would be like, way more upset about that than they'd be like, What the fuck yes, is wrong with you? Then this woman? I guess a dad just being like, Peace <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I'm listening yeah. for me no more. I, I, thought,
0: I thought the episode should have ended when he, uh, when the kids yes. chase him, uh, when he's like on his way to school. That is like, that could have been the end of the episode. That is the, the Robin Williams and Poet Society. The kids are carrying, like that. I mean, that's the end of the episode. It was weird that it goes on another 10 more minutes.
1: This episode felt long because it felt long. He it leaves. Long. Principal Foster comes in, says he's gone. Angela, Ricky, Ryan. First of all, Ryan and Ricky weren't even in that class to begin with. <laughs> Ryan showed up because she utter, heard the teacher was hot. She had to, like, yeah, epic. and Sharon, they all run after him and they were like, is it true? Were you fired and he says you could say that it's like you actually couldn't say that because you quit when you were presented with this information that they know that you owe child support you couldn't even like be honest right. to these kids that you knew for like i guess two days or something.
0: two weeks two weeks Is uh you find out the end name is only the uh substitute for two weeks
1: i also thought when they were like shouting at him from the window and he raised his fist and like Ugh, come on <laughs> Give me a break! You weren't protesting. Like I'm just no,
0: no, 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 no. I mean, like it's the episode is fine. It, and like I said, it did get better the second time. One thing that I like, I put a star on that I thought was very interesting and possibly I don't know something we should be looking at in the future uh, when Graham says to Angela, that's something that I would yeah, never right.
1: do. I would never. <laughs> <laughs> off, Graham. <laughs> and i <somebody>, like,
0: <laughs> I don't know. I just. I was like, I put a star on it. I was like, you sure about that, Val? Maybe he no wouldn't man. abandon
1: Angela, <laughs> but he'd certainly abandon Danielle they pay zero attention yeah. to her also when patty and Graham have all the poems because they're supposed to print them and they come across the haiku for him poem mm-hmm. Graham reads it and then patty reads it and then they are like is this angela's and Graham's is a little too into it thinking that it's angela's right did i like read too much into that because i hate Graham. no
0: i mean like i feel like this is like a it wasn't a weak adult episode like uh, i feel like the adults in this episode were, were all very very compelling like, even principal foster but that uh, were actually was that actually all pretty good usually we have like a Mm wet blanket adult and then and graham was really trying (laughs) it's like i guess i'll I'll cancel pool with neil
1: i'm like i have to take care of my kid (laughs) 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 you want me to you want me to take her to go sell girl scout cookies i'm a dad this blows
0: yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah he's he's actually thinking it's like i think that vic may have been (laughs) on (laughs) to (laughs) something what a great idea that guy had
1: um <laughs> <laughs> when, just to go back, so like when they're outside the school, the four of them with Mr. Racine, Angela says something like, It isn't fair. And then he's like, There's injustices like this all the time. Wake up, which is true, but it, it, it's
0: not apples and oranges. Like, no, it's like, it's, this isn't, I mean, she's 15 years old, so everything.
1: People being incarcerated that shouldn't be, <laughs> like police brutality. Right, right, right. This is fucking like lame fucking high school poetry. Right. And I guess maybe I'm far removed from high school at this point, but it's
0: yeah, No, I mean like so let's we're gonna we're gonna do this right now is like uh because we're gonna be doing this at the end of the season, but let's go and talk about it right now. So Angela, if this was a real person, would be forty-five mm-hmm. right now. Meaning that she probably would have a fifteen year old teenager. And I wonder if she's having a conversation like, Oh, I know exactly what you're talking about, police brutality. There was this moment when I was in high school where they they refused to, to manufacture the, the school <laughs> lip paper because a couple
1: of <laughs> I had a good experience going, what, with what? the police. They took me home after being in a club and I told them about Anne exactly. Frank.
0: Who was your biggest winner of this episode? Because you're going to be uh, shocked who my biggest winner
1: is. I had a hard time picking...
0: It's the tough one. That's the reason why my biggest winner is the, it's shocking.
1: In a sense... Mr. Racine is both a winner and a loser.
0: Okay, okay. He's a loser
1: because he abandoned his family, isn't paying child support, I think is not being as good of a teacher maybe as he should be. But then there is a sense that he did get them to start thinking, start expressing themselves, all of that. So he could go either way for me. I did think Angela trying to stand up for herself was a little bit of a winning moment. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It was hard this episode because like every moment somebody does something and I'm like, okay. And then they do something. I'm like, ugh, okay. Mm
0: -hmm. My big winner is danielle (laughs) danielle and the five lines that she has are fucking phenomenal like the way she's trying to sell uh cookies to crack out in the very beginning she's like you buy them now put them in the freezer eat them eat them later it's a
1: good tip
0: a plus stuff i love the fact that she's like constantly talking and even knows that like nobody's paying attention to her and her final line in the episode i'm gonna go (laughs) upstairs and count my money i that just floored me I thought that was so funny. So my my big winner of this episode is Danielle. I thought two scenes that she was in, I thought she was fantastic in them because this is a very weak episode yeah. for, for big winners yeah. and losers. It's I like Jordan, co second, because like finally finding a teacher that like paid attention <laughs> I'm to I'm
1: sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Was I'm sorry. <laughs> I sorry i do not know. I just, maybe I'm a bad person, but I have a hard time connecting with Jordan or like feeling any sort of way except annoyed and grossed out. By Even when I should right. feel bad, like poor guy, can't read, <laughs> The teacher who's here for two weeks is handing him Steinbeck like Jordan's gonna know what the fuck that is. It's it's just a lot. Uh, so you
0: said your big loser is... Uh, is you going to get a big loser? To I don't
1: know. See, I don't know. There's a lot of losers. Ann's a loser because she wanted everybody to think that she wrote haiku for him. Principal Foster's a little bit of a loser because he is being kind of like uptight, but he is a principal and an adult and would have to answer to parents who had a problem mm-hmm. with, with that kind of... He also
0: dropped the elbow on uh, on, on Racine, so...
1: <laughs> um, Brian Krakow's a fucking loser because Racine gives... Angela a ride home and Krakow's like, oh, did you just get in anyone's car? Oh, did you do something with yeah. him?
0: Fuck off. Yeah, I mean, and that's the reason why he's my big loser. Uh, that I mean, seems-
1: yeah, sure, he did know that Mr. Racine was a degenerate, <laughs> but yeah. not for the reason that he thought.
0: Oh no! I mean, like he's constantly trying to be like the nice guy, and like even at the end when she's passing it out the lid, it's like, "Uh, I can help you pass him out." I go on the, on the second. You're probably floor. gonna put him
1: in the trash. He's like, "You'll
0: get suspended." Yeah, no, I mean, like, so like he's Brian Kracker was was. The I did big like big how Mister
1: I Mister mean. <laughs> Racine didn't like it. <laughs> Just looked at Brian yeah. and was like, "Ugh."
0: Yeah, because he knew. Because he knew <laughs> that guy sucked. He's like, he shows up to Angela's house with the uh the oak the foam. Tree. Like, yeah, come on, pal. It Was like, "What get do you get out of here, Brian? Go."
1: brush your hair so he's my big
0: loser yeah there's uh yeah Vick is a big loser i mean but like my big <laughs> loser is crack, crack out you just get in a car with anyone is what mm-hmm. i have in my nose i'm like good lord this was a crazy episode for a fit what was your favorite okay. fit of this
1: episode um the girl at the beginning in the english club yvette, yvette. she was she had best fit for me so i i have it written Ooh, down that was a girl in the english class wearing orange brown turtleneck a plaid jacket with green sleeves baggy jeans and a sweatshirt tied around her waist oh I, like
0: I like that that
1: outfit was so good i like that.
0: I like, <laughs> that I like that i it's like i'm gonna give you my my top three because like there's for me there's one clear winner I really dug Rand's uh, uh, green western that she wears at the end with the snap buttons. And that I thought that was kind of tight. That looks like something I would probably wear. That was like my number three. My number two is there's a there's a black guy sitting all the way in the back and he's rocking the overalls with the uh, with a sweatshirt over top. And I is think he the was same kind of guy cool that's
1: wearing the chambray shirt with like a pattern on it? That yes. was a good outfit too.
0: <laughs> Yeah, that was good. Have a it ticket, it's like a show later on. But my number one is pretty much our Lord and Savior on this TV show, which is Ricky Vasquez, the tan overalls over the the sunflower shirt. Yeah, I love that. <laughs>
1: was he wearing an age ribbon also?
0: I, I I thought that too, and I was like, and I had that in my notes. It's like, is he? Wearing I have an age that ribbon? in my notes. As it's like ninety four. Are we are we wearing age ribbons in ninety four? That's and I I, the I mean, look we must be because like I don't think forgot. they would
1: have invented it just for just for right? those. Right, because it's right yeah. on
0: his. Uh, his left side and you can totally sort of see it the outfits that he's worn this season that's gotta be one of my favorites and it kind of goes along with TLC because that was kind of how they, they got the down with the overalls and, and like a, yeah. <laughs> okay so Ricky's my, my my big big fit winner as far as this episode I think goes. another
1: outfit was Angela's long sleeve green shirt with the sleeveless plaid shirt over it I like that right. as well I'm trying to like diversify from Ricky because I would just give Ricky <laughs> every week so I'm going out of my way to find backgrounds and extras
0: he's i mean the way he dresses is ahead of his time i mean like it's like it clashes but it doesn't clash at the same wasn't time wasn't that a, like, like
1: cross colors back in the day
0: yeah that was like the, that was cross colors in fact uh i watched not only one not only two but three <laughs> tlc videos from 1982 a lot of cross colors a lot of a lot of, a lot of great great stuff all right we are a third of the way into the tv show and of course we've got a lot to get to what is your predictions going forward for episode seven
1: <laughs> kind of already know a little bit where i think angela realizes that jordan's like dyslexic or something and that's why he can't read but i'm curious to know if graham tells her when he went to go pick up the poems for oh, sure. yeah, yeah. printing them he sees mr racine talking to jordan then that's when mr racine is like it really pisses." me off. Nobody's has figured out that this kid can't read, and I'm wondering if does Graham know that's written Catalano? And
0: that's kind of a cool, like, little detail. Like maybe Graham can identify with George. Graham can't read either. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's why Patty runs the printing shop.
0: Any words for Patty? <laughs> uh.
1: I hate Graham.
0: That was so funny. I started <laughs> choking. <laughs> yeah, Graham sucks. Um, my prediction going forward is I feel like whenever the beginnings of a relationship that may or may not have happened with uh, with Jordan and Angela, I think we finally get to see something with the two of them.
1: Okay. Because, like, uh, go ahead. It's going to be like, she, <laughs> she's obviously going to be way more into him than he is into her. So I'm not looking forward sure. to that because that's. Painful to watch.
0: I mean, but it's like first it's like it's weird to have a high school show without yeah. having like the only thing we've had is like oh, this is that weird encounter they yeah. had in the car sexual assault and Sharon. Yeah, sexual assault. <laughs> and then Sharon's relationship like and we know Sharon's getting and busy. for you,
1: Brian and, and Ricky.
0: <laughs> and Brian and Brian and Ricky. Can we get some Brian and Ricky love? I'm Hello. wondering.
1: Because it's been a long time since I've watched. Are we going to see kind of a redemption arc for Brian? Because, like, I don't know if... I don't know if they're writing him in a way that the viewers identify that he's annoying and a loser and a creep. Or if they're writing him in a way that we're supposed to like him. He's supposed to be like Maybe the Greek chorus her.
0: of... Maybe. I don't know. As of right now, that's one of the things I didn't notice, like, like, I guess when I watched it in the 90s, because maybe... I feel
1: like I've always hated uh, Brian
0: Crackout. But he's, like, the archetype of, like, the the nice guy who's really secretly trying to fuck you.
1: Every comment he makes... Why would she like you? You're making these fucking comments, yeah. dude, about how basically implying that she's a whore and a slut.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, that's not cool. He
1: was nagging before nagging was like a recognized thing. Yeah, no,
0: like it's, he's a dude that's like, uh, like say she goes out with Jordan, they break up and she's heartbroken. And he's like, it's okay. He's like, it's he's like, I'm here. I'm here. It's like whatever you need from me. He's like, I'm, I'm here.
1: Gummer Saul will probably never come on this show. because His character blows, but... but... But I would really love to like get his take looking back on it. How he felt then and like how he feels now about it. Because there is. Yeah. What was appropriate sort of behavior then is not appropriate behavior now. And if that's recognizable. No,
0: we can recognize it then. Yeah. Because like, I mean, he's, I don't even know if I'd even call him annoying. I think he's mad creepy.
1: He's. He is a lot of things.
0: It's like, so we got to put it in the context. It's like, let's, let's, let's say that my SoCo life is like has its own universe and it exists in this world and blah, 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 blah. Brian Krakow and, and Sharon and Angela are all like friends from like yeah. growing up. So in a way that when you have like friends that you grew up with, whether or not you guys were like a friends or whatever, you, you could probably say things and get away with them to those people that you probably wouldn't say to like a complete stranger. So there's that. Like they actually have a history that involves them like being friends. But even so- I I don't
1: like them. him <laughs> I don't like him I probably will never yeah. like him and to me he might be worse than Jordan in the sense that with Jordan what you see is kind of what you get you expect him to be an asshole you expect him to like right. not be all there upstairs <laughs> have the emotional right. quotient of a toddler with Brian you see him and you expect him to know a little better to be a little nicer whatever but his niceness sure. is self-serving
0: yeah and that's enough it's a part of it that kind of sucks I
1: guess Degenerate recognizes degenerate Brian Krakow.
0: <laughs> it's like game recognizes yeah. <laughs> game. A-
1: I know a creep when I see one because I am one. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> it's like, in, there's remember, like, there's something about Mary. It's like, uh, I was like, I knew
1: you were full of shit because <laughs> I'm also full of shit. <laughs> Him and Miss Racy at a moment where it's just like, <laughs> I see you. <laughs> I, like,
0: I see you, pal. I was like, I know what you're up to. <laughs>
1: If I was in like, I don't know, getting my PhD in some kind of like media studies, I'd be writing a, I'd be writing a dissertation on Brian
0: Krakow. I mean, the the world is always true as far as this, uh yeah.
1: podcast Deep goes. dive episode on on Brian yeah, Krakow,
0: exactly. Well, I think that's a good place to end it. That has been episode six, The Substitute. We'll be here uh, next week to discuss episode seven. Which yeah. I wish i have already known <laughs> the title of Hope was like <laughs> I don't even know why I even said it was like that. Uh, I know what the title is for episode seven. But I'm looking forward to talking with you, Megan. I have been George. And we'll Bye. see y'all next week. Bye.